0: Hi Church, so good for me to come and share with you all again. We are already at the end of July, and well and truly, all of us are ready now for the second half of the year. Before I share with you what the Lord has deposited in my heart, I want to say that, wow, in one week's time, it's going to be a very important weekend for all of us, because on the... Saturday, the 1st of August, first service, 5pm, it will still be online. We will live stream from the sanctuary, but there will be no physical audience on Saturday, 5pm. But the next day, Sunday, 2nd of August, wow, we're going to reopen the physical premise again. 8.30am, SMCC, physical audience, as well as online for those of you who are not able to come. 11 a.m. at BY, third service, physical audience plus online. you got to book your tickets by Wednesday, 29th of July, 12 p.m. The ticketing will now be released and we have a capacity SMCC 300 BY 500. Let me pray. Father, I want to commit even this service to you, uh, this message to you, that even as you've laid it into my heart, I want to pray for faithfulness and accuracy so that I share what is in your heart. I'm only a messenger, a postman, delivering your message to your church for this time and this season of our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. We are continuing our study in the book of Nehemiah. So this service this weekend, I'm sharing Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 16 to 23. Let me read. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked, but the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. The work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. And so we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn Till the stars came out. "'At that time, I also said to the people, "'Have every man and his helper "'stay inside Jerusalem at night "'so they can serve us as guards by night "'as well as workers by day. "'Neither I nor my brothers nor my men "'nor the guards with me took off their clothes. "'Each had his weapon even when he went for water.'" the title of my message today is battle and build or war and work or more specific to the passage the shield or the sword on one hand and the shovel in the other hand what does it mean it means that in our spiritual life Not only must we fight, 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 fight. Not only must we battle, we must also build on one hand. The sword on one hand, the shovel on the other hand. Battle and build. I'm going to share with you under these following headings. Number one, I want to share with you my insights about the opposition. Because All this battling and building, warring and working, were in response to opposition. You have heard Pastor Sam Keong and Pastor Fergus shared on opposition two weeks ago. Let me share with you, give me permission to share with you my insights on opposition. And then I'm going to share with you a very crucial understanding of the local standi of the devil. Very important. You must grasp this. Thirdly, having understood, what do you do, Pastor? What do we do? And then I'm going to finally end with challenging you. How serious are we? First of all, the opposition. It's very interesting that according to the Bible, in chapter 4, verse 6, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its length, for the people worked with all their heart. So here, in chapter 4, verse 16 onwards, the wall has reached half its height. Halfway there. But you know the halfway is both exciting and dangerous. Why exciting? Wow, pastor, halfway already. We have done so well, and they work with all their heart. We are already halfway there. Very exciting, but also very dangerous. Why? Because people can let down their God. We are already halfway there. And so, a tendency is for us to let down our God. Can I say this to you and to me? I know many of you by name, and I, many, I know some of you better. As I prepared this message, several names and faces came to me. And I remembered how when you came to the church, you have lost the fervor, lost the fire. But now, after a few years, five years, ten years, I don't know how long, Whoa, I see you have grown. But you're only halfway. You haven't arrived. Neither have I. All of us are only halfway there. So either it's going to be interesting, exciting, or it's going to be dangerous. It's really up to you. Can I encourage you? Wherever you are in your discipleship journey, We are only half way there. It's tragic for me to remember some of you have given up. It is sad for me to see some of you have gone cold. Why? Because of the opposition of the evil one. But can I say this to you? The devil will not have any problems with you until you are advancing in your spiritual growth and you are fulfilling God's purposes for your life. Can can I repeat this? Very important. The devil will have no problem with you if you're no threat to him. That's why I see a lot of families, a lot of churches, no problems or no. Why? Because there are no threat to the evil one. But the moment you begin to have an influence and an impact into the evil one, the devil will come. Believe me, that's when we need to battle and build war and work. It is not a time to give up, my friend. Two weeks ago, Pastor Sam Kyung quoted Francis Frenji Penny. It's a wonderful quote. Let me re-quote it. The tougher the opposition and the greater the disappointment, The more you should be encouraged. Why? Because that's when you know you are going along God's directed path. So true, my friend. So true. We have to battle and build because the evil one will have all kinds of oppositions and you heard from Pastor Fergus and Pastor Sam Keong, cast doubts, sow discord, spread discouragement, and direct threats on you. All kinds of opposition. Don't give up. It's not a time to give up. When the opposition increases, we have to be strong and stronger. And it's exactly what happened. Verse 6, the wall was half completed. And what happened? Previously, in the first few verses of chapter 4, it was only Sanballat and Ammonite, the, uh, the, the, the Tobiah the Ammonite. But when they reach halfway stage, from verse 6, verse 7, look at it. When they reach halfway stage, Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, men of Ashdod, why? Because the enemy now begins to mass and up his ante. It's the same story. When you are on the right track, the enemy will attack you more. With all of this opposition, doubts, discord, discouragements, the key is this, my friend. Never, never give up like Nehemiah. But I want to add in one more tactic of the evil one, which is mentioned here. That is exaggeration. Exaggeration. Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse 3. It says this. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even if a fox climbed up on it, he would break down the wall of stones. Really? Even if a fox were to climb onto the wall, the wall would collapse? Not true, Ma. What is this? exaggeration but pastor how does this exaggeration as an act as a tactic of the enemy affect the church well let me say this to you you know what pastor everybody uh, don't like this you know a lot of people uh, say this you know, Many, many, many people uh, don't like your project. Actually, only two. The person plus his companion. They were there at a talk over dinner, over lunch, table talk. And disagree with what's happening in the church. And many times they have come to tell me, Pastor, many people... Everyone know. Don't do that. It's trash. I call that toxic talk. Can we all stick to the facts? Let me share with you a very crucial understanding now that we must have on the tactic of the devil. Understand. Hear me, hear me well, my friend. Please hear me so well. That no matter what opposition, what difficulties, whatever thing the devil throws against you and me, discouragement, doubts, etc., etc understand that the devil has no legal authority or right over you unless you choose to hand it over to him by your choice. Can I repeat this? His locus standi In the courts of heaven, in the spiritual realm, he has no legal authority or right over you unless and until you yourself choose to hand it over to him by your free will, by your choice. Interestingly, do you know that there is no record, check me out on this, in Nehemiah, of a direct attack? They talk on him, They threaten you on ma. They say, we go to the mass army, we will kill you. But there's no record, check me out, of any direct attack by the enemy. They frighten you. And so you give up. And you hand in your authority. Your right to the evil one. And at that moment, you're finished. Remember the Garden of Eden? Do you know what the serpent said to Eve? Did God say? Did God really say? Sounded familiar, right? At the moment Eve took the fruit, She handed the legal right over to the evil one. Listen to me very carefully. The devil has only one agenda. Kill, steal, destroy. Yourself, your health, your joy, your family, your business, your church. And our nation. We have to stand firm. We cannot cave in nor give in. Can I say to those of you who are older like me, in the second half of your life, please don't cave in, battle and build because the devil. Has no right over you, your family, your health, unless you give in. So we must battle and build. Come everybody say this after me. Are you ready in your house? Everybody say, put in a chat group, put in a chat uh, chat line, whatever it is. We must battle and build. Come on, children, you can say it louder than your parents. All right, are you ready? One, two, three. We must battle and build. One more time. Everybody, whole family. Are you ready? One, two, three. We must battle and build. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's keep on a clap offering, everybody. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you ask me, Pastor, how? How do we battle and build successfully? How do we overcome all this opposition that comes our way? Well according to this passage, two ways. I'm very sure there are many, many ways. But let's be consistent with the passage two ways. Number one, we must be ready always. Number two, we must rally together. Again, wherever you are, let's say this together with me. What are the two ways? Number one, we must be ready always. Number two, we must all Rally together. Very good. So good. You are awesome. You are absolutely awesome. So number one, how do we battle and build successfully? We must be ready. The passage says, prayerful, watchful. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 8 to 9, it says here, he says that they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem, stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet the threat. So what did they do? They prayed and they posted. They were prayerful. They were alert. They were watchful. They were ready. Look, listen to me, friends. In times of crisis, it's not a time for us to put down our God. On the contrary, we need to be more prayerful, more watchful. Did not Jesus say, at a time of his own crisis, at the Garden of Gethsemane, to the three sleeping disciples, "Can you not? Can you not watch with me, one hour? Just one hour. You cannot watch with me one hour." if Jesus needed that, don't you think you and I need that also? In this time of crisis, so to speak, in your heart, in your life, in your family, in your business, in our nation, whoa, all the more, we need to be prayerful and watchful. And, and I, can I encourage you? The first week of August, we're going to launch our 40 days of fast and prayer in accordance with the call of NECF for the nation. So can I encourage you, even though I say this specifically to SIBKL, if you're watching from another church, can I also encourage you to join us in this call of NECF for the nation, for all of us as a body of Christ in Malaysia to fast and pray 40 days. And for those of us at at, at, uh, at SIBKL, you know that every year, almost 2,000 of us sign the covenant form to fast and pray for ourselves, for our health, for our family, for our work, for our churches, and for whatever it is. And we have seen tremendous breakthrough. So can I encourage you? Friday, 7th of August, 8.30pm, we're going to launch our 40 days of fast and pray. Listen, my friends, let us turn a looming crisis into a learning curve. And let's allow God to continue to tutor us, disciple us, teach us, so that we grow deeper in the things of God. You know, one thing I've learned in my own life, when we are serious with God, The evil one will come, but we should not give in. We must continue to, what? Battle and build. Let me share with you a testimony. Some of you have heard this before. Many years ago, the church was going through a very difficult patch. Strangely enough, in my own home, there were issues and problems that I have to tackle. And I remembered praying a lot with Pastor Lee Chu on this for some time, for months on end. We were battling. At the same time, we were building. One day, in the midst of all this intense spiritual warfare, I remembered I came out of the house in the morning with my younger son, Christopher. As I opened the front door, lo and behold, I saw a huge python curl around my table tennis table in the porch. The table tennis table was folded up like this. Whoa! 15 feet, 20 feet python, you know. What is a python doing in an urban area and in the porch of my house? So I opened the gate, drove my car out, Together with my son, we gently but discreetly pushed the table tennis table to the side of the road and then used a hose and sprayed water on the python. The python got out and went, went into the drain. But from that moment onwards, everything turned out well. Listen, my friend. It is spiritual. And can I say this to those of you from my church and from other churches? Don't forget to pray for your pastors. More than anything else, they need your prayers. Jesus himself said, strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. The key is this. We have to watch and pray. Battle and build. So how do we do that? Number one, again, everybody read this with me. Number one, what must we do? Everybody, are you ready? One, two, three. We must be ready always. One more time. Number one, what must we do? We must be ready always. And number two, what must we do? One, two, three. We must rally together. Absolutely. Where do you get this from? Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 19 to verse 20. Then I said to the nobles, Nehemiah said, the officials and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Verse 20 is very important. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there, NASB, NASB interprets this rally us there. Our God will fight for us. In other words, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, the enemy is attacking that part of the wall. Everybody rally together and fight him together. We have to rally together. Unity is strength. Remember, I shared this with you some time ago. When we are united, there is provision. When we are not united, we have division. Which one do you want? You want provision or you want division? Listen, my friend. Listen to me very carefully. God has given every one of us an assignment. We have to align. And I like what Pastor Lee shared two weeks ago. But he said, assignment plus alignment equals cohesion. Cohesion means cohesive. We must be able to stick together, adhesive, cohesive. And how do we have cohesion when we are aligned for an assignment? And more than any other time, we have an assignment for our nation. You have an assignment for your family. So let's all rally together. And the best partnership is husband and wife. Rally together. Fight for your family. So listen, my my friend. Listen to me very carefully. We must battle and build. How? Number one, we must be ready always. Number two, we must all rally together, content as one man. Let me ask you, my friend. And this is where I come to the climax of my message to you today. How serious are you? How serious are we? Has the enemy breached your spiritual defenses? As I look at many of our lives, over the last year, two years, last few years. Because we have let down our God, and we have given in to discouragements and all kinds of things, including compromise, we have allowed the enemy to breach our spiritual walls and wreak havoc in our health, in our spirituality, in our families, in our businesses in your church. So I'm going to ask you today, how serious are you to want to rebuild back the spiritual wall? If not, why uh, bother? Why bother? Why bother? You ask me, Pastor, Why is the spiritual wall over my life, my family, my church, our nation, so important? Let me share with you two portions of scripture. First one, Isaiah chapter 58, verses 11 to 12. It says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. This is what God wants to do with you. He will do this for you. He will guide you. He will satisfy your needs. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. You will be like a spring whose waters fit never fail. Don't you want it? I don't know about you. I want it. I want it. And here comes verse 12. You must do this. If you do this, you will rebuild the ancient ruins. This is your responsibility, my responsibility. We will have to raise up the age old foundations and then God will now help us to repair the broken walls. He will now restore our streets with dwellings. This is it. This is the importance of the spiritual wall. God wants you and I to build, rebuild the wall over our life, our families, our churches. Listen to me very carefully. God takes the spiritual wall Very, very seriously, and you have to believe it. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1. And then I looked up, the prophet Zechariah said this. And there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me, to measure Jerusalem, to find out how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was speaking to me left. And another angel came to meet him and said to him, Run, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. And verse 5 says, I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be his glory within. What does it mean? Jerusalem in a time of Zechariah was without walls, because Zechariah was in a time of Haggai. Remember, Zerubbabel. Their one aim there was to rebuild the temple, and now the temple has been rebuilt. The wall is still not rebuilt. It is true, Jerusalem was at that time a city without walls because Nehemiah only came sixty years later. But what did God say? I myself will be a wall of fire around it. Why? Because walls are important to God. It matters. God says, I myself will be a wall of fire. That's why the people in Jerusalem in Nehemiah's days were asked to stay within Jerusalem. Even the wall was only half completed. Why? Because it's very important to stay inside the wall even though it's half completed. Walls matter. So can I encourage you, my friend, as I close? As I now come to a close of my message today, Battle and build. Will you battle and build for yourself? Will you battle and build for your family? Will you battle and build for your work and your businesses? Can I address to you, businessman, homemaker, young professional, father, mother, can I address you, student, Whatever you are, can I encourage you, build the wall that has been broken down. Let's not just leave it half completed. Let's finish the work. Why? Because God promised us, if you and I do that, whatever it is in our life that has been broken down, wrecked, God will now turn the rubble to restoration. Restoration. God says, I will restore back to you the years the locusts have eaten. Do you believe it or not? I will turn the rubble to revival. You will have a personal revival. I will turn the rubble to resurrection from death to life. Do you believe it, my friend? Do you believe it? So I'm going to encourage you as I close today. Let's seek God. Will we do that? Let's ask God to do that for your life and my life so that the spiritual wall over our life, our family, our work, and our nation is built up again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you know how to speak in tongues, can I encourage you now to pray in tongues with me? We do that, please. Hallelujah. Come on, let's all pray aloud. Let's all pray in tongues together as I close. Oh Ramanda, kata da 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 Shanda, da da, kata da 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 Handai. Oh Ramanda, kata da 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 Shandai. Oh, Ramana, come on, church, let's pray, let's pray. If you don't know how to pray in tongues, just pray, just pray. Wherever you are, whether in your living room, or whether in your bedroom, or whether in your TV room, come on, let's say enough is enough to the evil one. Come on, let's rise up in our spirit, man. Let's rise up again. Arise, arise, my friend, arise, arise, and rebuild that spiritual wall around your life, around your family, so that the devil can no more wreak havoc. No more, no more, no more, no more from rubble to restoration." I want to pray, I want to pray that God will give you increased mental toughness. I pray that God will give you increased emotional capacity. I pray that God will give you increased spiritual reserves and resolve so that today, as from today, you say, I will build a spiritual wall over myself, my family, my church, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will come and revive us again individually and corporately as a nation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Do it, Father. Do it again. Do it again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We bless you this day that we take your word seriously, Lord. We take your word seriously. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, let's sing this song as we close. Let's sing this closing song. Hallelujah. And then after that, I'll give you the benediction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, let there be a great awakening. Let there be a great, mighty awakening, first of all, in our spirit, man, that it will not be dead, it will not be dull, it will not just go through the motions. But help us, Lord, to be resolute, to be determined, that we will rise up and build, that we will battle and build for our lives, for our families, for our loved ones, for our churches, wherever you are. Come on, pray for your church. Pray that life will come back again, and for our nation of Malaysia. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to pray, O God, that we will not let down our God, but instead, Father Lord, invite the Holy Spirit to come and revive us once again, so that revival will come. Revival will come to all the churches, and to ourselves, and to our family. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your promise.